1: Hello, Ducks fans! Welcome to another episode of the Quack Report. My name's Carter, and I'm joined by Nate, as always here, and we're gonna talk some Anaheim Ducks hockey here in a little bit, a few minutes. Yeah, and uh, it's gonna be exciting because you know it's not very often we get to talk about Ducks wins. It's not very often we get to talk about two Ducks wins. Um, so you know we've got uh, a lot to look forward to. On uh, it's on gonna be
0: yeah. yeah first time the ducks have had a i don't know you, you can consider two games in a row a win streak i guess but a lot of can, like yeah. do three this is the yeah. first time the ducks have had a win streak all year yeah i got some stats
1: on that if you actually want to start with that i was gonna absolutely later, you know i can, love numbers you know yeah. i love numbers yeah, yeah. me too except so, in my math class okay. <laughs> yeah well really what 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 do you like about numbers oh just like hockey numbers you mean
0: Hockey numbers, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. There's I a you hockey stats. Like I'd general. be down for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe one day. Maybe one day.
0: One
1: day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, with uh, the Ducks going on a now three-game win streak as of right now, going into the All-Star break and their bye week, I guess. Um, I looked back when the last three-game win streak, three-game plus win streak, was for the Anaheim Ducks. Do you have a guess when that was, Nate? Oh
0: my god, I wanna say it was January of like
1: twenty-two. Um it was longer ago than January of twenty two. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So it's been it's been over a year. And Ooh. uh and I I'd actually totally forgot about this as well. Uh but it was uh I, I guess that eight game win streak we had last season, like kind of right at the beginning where we were like, oh fuck, maybe this team's like for real. Yeah. And they just like shit the heads. <laughs> Remember when that was a thing? (laughs) Yeah, right? Remember when we had hope? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the first game of that streak was October 31st, and it went until November 16th for those eight games, and that was games 10 to 17 of the season last year.
0: And we haven't had three in a row since then.
1: Not since then. So it's been 15 months? I am. Because we're at the end of January. (laughs) So yeah. Holy shit. And then... (laughs) And then before that, the last time the Ducks had won three games in a row or more was all the way back to the very beginning of the 1920 season when we started this show. (laughs) The Ducks won their very first three games of the season, October 3rd to October 8th. And then they didn't win three games in a row the whole rest of the season, they didn't do it in 2021 and they didn't and then they did the eight game win streak in 21 22. And then this season, we're in January, games uh 48 to 50 is when they did their next three game win streak.
0: And of course they do it the season that we almost don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> because of a certain somebody.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it is entirely possible to like make the playoffs. Without a three-game win streak, like if you just won two and then lost one, like yeah. throughout the the entire season, that would put you at—I don't know. Um, oopsies, because I like numbers as well. Um, what would it be, Kyle? Like one hundred and eight points. So yeah, very much. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, if you'd done that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, pretty So like it doesn't like tell the whole story, but obviously the ducks haven't made the playoffs. So we didn't do that. We just went on like really long losing streaks and then occasionally won a game or two.
0: Yeah. This team just baffles me.
1: Yeah. It's (laughs) like almost every
0: episode now it feels like I'm just like, huh. All right, they did this thing, or they haven't done this thing in a while, or this or that, or you know, somebody's, you know, broken a scoreless drought or something like that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah. We definitely have been multiple... interesting the last
0: few episodes, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. We've definitely had multiple two game win streaks over the last couple seasons. Oh wait. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Actually go back to twenty to... yeah, twenty twenty to twenty one, which remember was a shortened season of only yeah. fifty six games. The ducks only won two games in a row four times that season. Damn. And then last season, seven times? Having won at least two or more? Yeah. And then this season, I think we've only done it a
0: few times. Is that right? Yeah, I think four, maybe five. Uh, Five. Five if you include this streak, yeah. Yeah. Damn, look at me go. Yeah, it's pretty good. I do know something. I do know something. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, wait. I'm only seeing four. Where's the other one? I'm just doing like a command F on hockey reference and it's uh, oh yeah What? where's the first one? What's going on? What's going on? Oh oh okay it's saying because we won uh, two one against just the way it, it's like tight oh, okay gotcha. so yes, we've, we've only had four two game win streaks. yeah gotcha. okay so yeah um, So yeah those are, those are the fun <laughs> stats I have I guess for for the Mexico one streaking maybe we can maybe we can get four. I don't know. It's it's hard to predict because we've got so long before our next game, but
0: yeah. I mean we can rearrange how this show goes. Then yeah, that next game is Dallas, which like yeah, we're we're in we're in chaos mode. Die. We're going end to the beginning. <laughs> yeah. We're not gonna dive too deep into it. Like we'll do it closer to the actual game. Like I guess that would be the next Sunday or the next Monday episode. Yeah. Um But yeah, both of those games were shutouts. Five nothing for the Stars on December first, and then two mm. nothing for the Ducks on January fourth, okay. which, if I remember off the top of my head, was John Gibson's first shutout in eighteen months. Yep, if I have that stat right in my head. So
1: yeah, I can't remember if it was fifteen or eighteen, but it, it yeah, was a long time,
0: anyways. So, needless to say, I have no idea what to expect out of that game.
1: Yeah, not a clue.
0: Um. I mean, yeah. We could do
1: a we could do a score prediction now since we're talking about it. Unless <laughs> you want to save it, I don't know. I've got it up here.
0: Let's save it. Let's save it. Let's save it. Okay. Okay.
1: But um, I'm feeling I guess...
0: like I'm feeling like it's gonna be another shutout for the stars, though, because Ottinger oh, yeah. should be going to the All Star game. Yeah.
1: We'll we'll, so we'll it's just
0: like... be a little salty about the weekend. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll just put a a dash zero in there as well. Yeah. Just, just to good. start things
0: off, just. Because you can't go back
1: good. on it now; you've already said it. So, yeah. Um, I mean, just while we have this open, though, I guess we could take a look at our own personal prediction standings because we've predicted yeah. scores for all fifty games so far. Um, and then we—I I was originally just counting like where we get both the the score and the team that wins, right? Um, and I've got two of them, and you've got one. They were so I got Philly and Anaheim back whenever we played them recently wasn't too long ago, and then your one was against Winnipeg, where you predicted five two kind of early on in the season mm-hmm. and then and then I broke it down into just the score or just the team, so um I've got the score right twice, which I also happened to get the team right both of those times, um and predicted the team that wins twenty six out of the fifty times, so just a little over fifty percent, which is not actually great. <laughs> <laughs> considering like I mean, literally I mean, picking randomly you would theoretically get 50 percent <laughs> oh yeah fair enough I guess because there's only two teams yeah. to pick from I don't know if that's how stats work I'm not a stats person I'm just a accounting number person but uh, and then you've got the <laughs> score right three times and you've predicted the team right 29 out of 50 so almost 60 percent of the time and you've done it 26 times is that we said
0: yeah I yeah, got so it really I got it really small on my screen right now. Oh yeah, that's fair. Oh yeah, there we so, yeah, go.
1: We're we're pretty close. We're pretty close. Damn. All right. But yeah, you've got the score right three times. Just only one time you also got the team right. So Go Jets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's where we're at for our score predictions. I don't know if anyone's playing along at home, but if you are, let us know how you're doing.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, I guess we can get into these these games here. Oh, no, we're doing it fully backwards now. Fully backwards. We just got to
1: commit to it. Yeah. I don't think we can. Yeah, you're right. It's, that's too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, actually, no. Before, how are we doing for time? Oh, yeah. Quickly, how was uh, how's your weekend been?
0: It's been all right. Uh, just, yeah, a little bit of hanging out. This week was a little crazy on assignments. So, um, was still working on assignments, but just a little less, uh, intensely, I guess, to put it that way. Fair enough. Um, yeah that's kind of it so it's kind of taking the moment to reset a little bit as much as i can so how about you yeah it's been pretty
1: good um again just kind of been chilling and relaxing and getting some chores done
0: good stuff yeah
1: all all the stuff i don't feel like doing or have time to do during the rest of the The regular monday to friday week part so fair enough but yeah it's been good um i was gonna ask something i don't remember what it was Oh yeah, when's the, like the reading break for school? It's in like February, right?
0: Uh yeah, it's the second or third week, I think. Yeah, spring break, third, I guess for after. everyone down in the states but. Uh, I believe it's the third week. Can double check here. Um which is going to be really fun to come back from cuz the whole point of it, you know, is for like a like a mental health break basically for everybody. Yeah. Like for students. Mm-hmm. Um especially at our school because there has been cases but just leave it at that. Um, yeah. yeah, the week. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the 20th to the 24th is the week that I have off.
1: Okay. Yeah, I guess we're only a, a month into the semester. I didn't even think yeah. about that.
0: And the week that I come back, so the week after the break, uh, I have here, actually, let's just talk about the Monday. Okay. I have two projects and two midterms on the Monday that I come back from a week Oof. off. Followed by a case study, followed by another midterm, followed by another midterm.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I don't understand that. Like, I feel yeah. like I got kind of lucky because a lot of my professors when I was in school, they were like, okay, let's get the midterm done before you go. Like, it's going to be a lot before you go, but, but then we at, can least it's, at least at you don't have to, back. like, worry about it. Like, you don't have to, like, take a week off and then come back and try and remember everything again. Yeah. It's like just, let's just get it out of the way now, and then you can like enjoy the time off, and you can start fresh with something new on
0: the Monday we get back. So I feel yeah, like my, I got really
1: lucky that way. Like it didn't always work out that way, but most cases, that's what it was.
0: Yeah, my said, Screw you. Yeah. That that Apparently. Monday, like the Monday, the two assignments are for the same class. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. That's fun.
0: Yep. Good times. So. <laughs> yeah. Looking well. forward to that.
1: Yep. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> uh. Well, yeah. Let's uh. I guess get into these couple games here since they're a couple wins, and you know we're, we're excited to talk about some ducks wins.
0: Yeah, and it'll be the last couple of games that we get to talk about until ducks games. Yeah. What? Not the next Monday episode, but the but in two Wednesday episodes.
1: Yeah. So Wednesday, on, Thursday. Yeah, there'll be two in. two episodes where we don't talk about ducks games specifically. Yeah. So. Yeah, but let's let's get into it. So we'll start back on Tuesday where the Ducks or Thursday. Thursday. Thursday.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Thursday. Come Thursday. On, yeah. Come on.
1: <laughs> I'm in Wednesday episode mode. Fair enough. <laughs> I knew it was a day of the week that started with a T, so I was like Tuesday.
0: Yeah. Makes yeah, sense. there you
1: go. But uh yeah, Thursday where the Ducks surprisingly beat the Avalanche five to three. I don't think anybody saw that one coming.
0: No, yeah, I don't even think the uh Avalanche themselves saw this coming. I don't even know if the Ducks themselves saw this coming, to be honest with you. This <laughs> no. was a very one-sided game. If you're not just looking at the final score, if you're looking at everything else, mm-hmm. this is a Colorado win. All oh, day, sure. yep. every time. Uh the Ducks outshot 44 to 32. Mm-hmm. Um The Avalanche being the only ones to convert on the power play, going one for two. Uh, The Ducks going 0 for 2 on the power play. Not surprising. Um, Yeah, face-off percentage was in the Avalanche's favor at 55 to 45%. Uh, If you want to look at the uh, deserved to win a meter it was at 87.5% in favor of Colorado. Yeah, that's Uh, heavily skewed. (laughs) And the expected goals was 5.1 for Colorado, 2.4 for Anaheim. Um, wow, yeah, you take a look at uh, like shot maps, individual player uh, stats, and that, and like everything leads to the avalanche just mm-hmm. running away with this, yeah. as everybody expects. Oh, but exactly. yeah, the uh, the ducks managed to pull some man, uh, some magic, I think get a couple lucky breaks, and oh, sure. uh. The real answer to all of this, though, is not in the defense. It's not I, like even the overall offense, I would say. No. It is one man by the name of Frank Vetrano.
1: I thought you were going to say John Gibson, but yeah.
0: Frank Scoring a hat trick in this game mm-hmm. just lights out. His third goal being an empty net. But uh, yeah, he was playing fantastic. In this game, uh, in particular, there, mm-hmm. um, taking a look at just the expected goal percentage. Uh, obviously he led the Ducks. Um, oh, not surprising. With uh, yeah. with, uh seventy-eight point one four percent. Uh, only three guys on the Avalanche, uh, were higher than him, and that was Ben Myers, uh, who was at a hundred percent. How much did he play though? Uh, Alex Newhook and uh, newly acquired Matt Nieto.
1: Okay, that must have been
0: their like fourth line. That um, didn't play a just lot. Just double check it. I'm pretty sure that was, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, no, that was kind of a. Uh, third Nieto, line? Yeah, because Nieto played with Comfor and Rantanen. Okay. So it was just kind of a. Yeah.
1: One that happened at some point,
0: maybe. Something like that. Yeah. But. um, Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, though. Like, yeah, like Frank Petrano was an awesome game, but uh, you are right, though, as well, saying John Gibson there. Like oh, yeah, a, uh, stellar. Yeah, 2.1 goal save above expected and uh, putting up a 932 save percentage. Uh, 44 shots, 41 saves on the night. So, yeah, yeah, he was playing awesome. And, uh, you know, I I didn't pull this up, but how many...
1: Like the high uh, hi, yeah, high stuff, danger. Yeah. High
0: danger shots against was 13, according to natural stat trick.
1: <laughs> not not surprising. It's the Colorado Avalanche.
0: Yeah, so. exactly. So and uh two of the three goals were high danger goals. The other one was a medium danger. So
1: yeah. No, it makes sense. But, yeah, it was I mean like I, I guess 13 high danger chances is a lot. Like even with would you what was it, 44? shots for the avalanche? uh
0: yeah 44 shots
1: oh but it was 13 high danger shot attempts
0: right no 13 high danger shots
1: oh just shots in general okay yeah so so like it is kind oh, of they a actually lot.
0: made it on net yeah
1: yeah but um you know it, it is partially a credit i guess to the defense that like no low danger shot attempts got through like it was or like got went in sorry like um like the defense just positionally was like, decent enough that they let Gibson handle those shot attempts. And then the high-danger ones that obviously the Avalanche are going to get because it's the Colorado Avalanche. I don't care where they are in the standings. They have a high-powered offense, and we have a not great defense. But, like, I don't know. Like, I I guess that part is more on John Gibson that they, like, that he stops those. But um, Mm. I I guess, like, the defense clearing away rebound. Like, I don't really know exactly what a high-danger shot is classified as on these websites but i'm assuming like you can have a high danger shot attempt that's not just like a rebound into a wide open cage right like it would be like a a shot from the hash marks but with like no but no traffic in front would be like a high danger shot attempt right
0: yeah um i can pull up what the exact definition is uh i can try to explain it but i just suck with defining i guess yeah um like, that I,
1: like, if sense. I saw a high danger shot attempt, I'd be like, "That is one." But like, in terms of what they actually classify it as, like, in this certain area of the ice, um, like, is it the shooter? Like, is if it's Nathan McKinnon from anywhere compared to Matt Nieto from anywhere? Like, is Nathan McKinnon's just always a high danger shot attempt? Like,
0: yeah. Um. Oh, I think it was Jay Fresh had a great explanation of it, but I. Can't find it offhand at least. Okay, or just there you go, like a scoring chance allowed that is highly likely to result in a goal being scored. Okay, so
1: yeah, it kind of depends then, like if it's yeah, yeah, like if it's a one timer from Nathan McKinnon, like that's it's got a high likelihood of going in, yeah, whereas like anybody in the hash marks is a high danger one, or like, yeah. Yeah, power play attempt
0: by Alex Ovechkin from his office kind of thing.
1: Well, that's just a guaranteed goal. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not even a high-danger one. It's just a guarantee, so... Yeah.
0: yeah, but... um,
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... The Avalanche are going to do what they're going to do, but I think, like, the, some credit is should be given to, like, the Anaheim defense for um preventing it from being just, like, a shelling of John Gibson, but he also did play out of his mind, so...
0: Oh, yeah. yeah No, they definitely did uh, did well, at least, <laughs> to, to say the least here. Uh, if we're taking yeah. a look at specific pairings. Um, yeah, Fowler-Kulikov and Vakanine and Klingberg uh, led for time on ice. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have the greatest on-ice goals against, or expected goals against. Um, Fowler-Kulikov was expected to be 1.4. Um, mm-hmm. but it had nothing actually against, so, so there you go. Good. Credit to yep. John Gibson. Uh back and Klingberg was one point one rounded uh expected against, and they had two against, so that one's maybe a little bit more rough, but mm-hmm. um Benoit and uh White there playing ten fifty eight, um okay. being on the ice for a goal, not allowing anything, and uh a point four three nine on the night. Um, which for just that's, under 11 minutes, that's pretty damn good actually for like a bottom pairing uh, pair. Yeah. So I like seeing that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, so really just like you said, a game that we shouldn't have won but found a way to win and it, it was really just like good performances from Frank Vitrano and John Gibson.
0: Yeah, the team oh. overall definitely pressed like, really hard at the end of the second to get that second Vetrano goal as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And they just kind of carried that into the third period, which was nice to see. We don't normally see that out of this Enheim-Ducks team, to be honest.
1: Oh, for sure. Um,
0: And uh, you had there as well that, like, you just saw that they kind of locked it down as much as they could, kind of like you were saying already.
1: Yeah, like, I I guess, like, the definition normally of locking it down is like, oh, shots were like 16 to 5 and like offensive zone pressure was like 15 minutes. and you Yeah, which, which was not like the five, case. But
0: no, Yeah not the case in this one. The The, the Avalanche still got 13 shots against in the third period. There. Yeah,
1: but considering how like the Avalanche played and like they're, they're the they're the defending Stanley Cup champions. Like they know how to press in a third period game that they're down to come out and win it. Like the Avalanche had or the Ducks had every reason to lose this game to the Avalanche. Like, this could have been 5-3 the other way. It could have been 7-3. It could have been 5-2, 6-2, like, whatever. And we've just been like, yeah, it's the Colorado Avalanche against the Anaheim Ducks. Of course, that's what's going to happen. Yeah.
0: Sorry, can you pull back, actually, the uh, score predictions? I want to see what we predicted for this game. Yeah, yeah. we had I had we both predicted losses.
1: We did. Yeah, I had 4-1 for Colorado and you had 5-2. And the final was 5-3 for Anaheim.
0: Yeah. So Now yeah. I I am also trying to keep in mind that this Avalanche team is still depleted. Mm-hmm. They're still missing Gabe Blankskog. They're still missing Josh Manson on the back end, which we yeah. know what that guy can bring, obviously.
1: Was, was Kale McCarr still out for this game or did he no, he came back for that uh, one?
0: Uh yeah, I believe he, McCarr yeah. was that was his first one back. I yeah, McCarr that. was yeah. back for that one where he put up uh an assist on twenty six minutes and twelve seconds. God damn. Um they're still missing Bowen Byram, uh Darren Helm, and Valerie Nichushkin. So like, like, throughout I'm, the lineup they're missing guys. They're missing like, guys, yeah, exactly. So
1: Yeah. But I mean, when, like, just in a vacuum, when, if somebody said to me, like, oh, yeah, it was 3 2 heading into the third period, and then it was 5 3. um,
0: You're assuming the other way. Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: but so the Ducks kind of did everything they needed to. Like, they just played a simple game. They capitalized on their chances, and they, like, the Avalanche still got their chances, but they very much limited the chances that, They could have got like this easily. The Avalanche could have done what they had done for the first period and Mm -hmm. mostly the first period, partially the second period as well. and, And shots could have just been like disgusting, like 18 to two. Like we've seen that happen to the Ducks in third periods. Even Like if they're going into the third period winning, like other teams will just run them over and there's nothing they can do about it. But the Ducks really did play like just a solid, simple game to you know, prevent the abs from running away with this one in the third.
0: Yeah. Um a look through the uh the penalty logs here. Got reminded of this. What did you think about the delay of game penalty on John Gibson in this game?
1: The delay of game. Remind me of what happened. I honestly I
0: don't uh, remember John Gibson pushed off the post to like 99 99- Percent of goalies do in the NHL. Oh, right. And then yeah. it came loose, and they gave him a delay of game for it.
1: Yeah, that's I've seen that a few times on in various games throughout the NHL this year. Yeah, like, with Anaheim, to, I've seen it with Edmonton, I've seen it just yeah. randomly in like a I don't know Toronto Montreal game. Like I, I've just seen those happen, and it's like yes, I'm sure there is goaltenders that they they do that they push extra hard off of the post to get a whistle, but I don't think that. Any of the ones that have been called this year that I've at least seen should be a delay of game, especially with just next- how shitty the pegs are. Like, there's yeah. something going on with the pegs this year. I, I don't know if they've recently changed them or if they've changed the way they drill them into the ice. And, like, I, I get that it's for player safety. So, if someone goes head first or shoulder first or yeah. neck first, leg first, whatever, into the post, they don't like injure a, themselves. Yeah, they're supposed post badly.
0: to pop off. And, yeah, but. Yeah, like that's the first one I've actually seen called for that. Mm-hmm. Everything else has just been kind of like, oh, okay, like, like keep an eye on it kind of thing. And there's certain buildings, especially this year, that have been like people have been keeping an eye on, right? Anaheim yeah. is one of them, but they were in Colorado for this game. So you can't even use that argument.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think in Toronto is another one. Yeah. Um, and uh, if, if you want to talk about a goalie in particular that's been uh, an eye has been kept on, is Matt Murray for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. For for this case, I like, and I tried to step back and go, okay, from an official's perspective, right? And I'm like, I still don't see how you can make that call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a pr- that was a pretty bad call. Not gonna lie.
1: Yeah, it's the only way I can justify it is if they like know they missed something earlier, or because game management and they're trying to even out the power play. And that's not even a and justification
0: for no, me. No, it's game not. Management is the most ridiculous thing i have ever heard as an official that's not your responsibility as a official to manage the game that's not your job
1: no your your, your job is to make sure that the game but it happens the thing is that it happens and we all know it happens so like it is something to consider but yeah it's yeah i I would i have a hard time believing that that should have been a delay of game so yeah that was whatever a a brutal call luckily uh
0: if, if i'm not mistaken we did get through that one we weren't that was the goal against on the power play. Do I have that yeah, right? That I don't remember. Uh, second period, fourteen thirty-seven. Yeah, no, that yeah we we got through that one luckily. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: um, you just had one more note here about uh, Mason McCavish.
0: Yeah, what a release that kid has!
1: It's so good. Like we saw it in the first nine games that he played in the league, but like since then. He just like breaks it out and you're just like, damn, that's like it, it just yeah. never gets old. It's just so impressive.
0: Yeah. And like it wasn't even like a full screen, I guess, that Francis had to uh had to take on it, right? Like you can uh they, they showed an angle after that was kind of like the behind the net camera. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's not really a whole lot of like a screen there, right? It's just the one guy, but he's he's more in front of McTavish than he is the the puck line. Yeah. And or like I guess like the like the sight of the puck, yeah. and um, yeah, I, I have to agree with uh, the Ducks' broadcast of just like it just caught him by surprise,
1: mm-hmm. kind of thing
0: more than anything. Yeah. But like just the fact that he was able to rip that shot as well from that spot and beat Francois on it, yeah, that was a wicked shot. That uh, yeah gave the the Ducks the lead and puts a game winner in Mason McTavish's pocket.
1: Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, I guess it is. So, um, yeah, I, I'm i really excited that Mason McTavish is actually, like, um, capitalizing more on the shots that he's taking out, because, like, we've seen him take some really good shots, like, especially earlier in the season, but, like, yeah. they would, like, go just wide or the goalie would, like, somehow make a phenomenal save. Uh, but now, like, his, uh, I guess, like, like so, like he just kind of seemed unlucky to start the season, but now it's kind of balancing back out and like, yeah, um, and coming back to like where he should be based off of how good his shot is and how many shots he's taking and the ice time he's getting, like on the power play and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really really excited to see, uh, his shot just develop over the next couple of years, and I think, potentially, like in his prime, we could see him win a Rocket Richard Trophy. That'd be sweet, yeah. or at least be in contention. In, for in it. contention, yeah. Like we could be talking about him as a potential sleeper pick for uh, for DraftKings with promo code THPN uh, someday. Not not this that year, maybe, be, but right? uh, someday I think. So,
0: yeah, that would be a okay. Um, so this season, the NHL average for shooting percentage is nine point one. Okay, and our boy Mason McTavish is shooting over. That percentage, at nine point three. Oh, nice! Yeah, Ten that's goals good. on one hundred and eight shots, um, twenty eight points on the year now.
1: Oh, damn, he's
0: doing all right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty good. You and know, and just yeah, that was, uh, that was his first game. Uh, his first game winner of the year as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting.
1: I um, just while we're talking about him, and because we haven't really talked about the rookie scoring race in a while, I'm just pulling up the. Uh, the rookie scoring leaders here just to see where they're all at for this season. And just in terms of points, that is. Uh oh boy, Matty Beneers, 36 points in 47 games.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's kind of gone good. off. <laughs> yeah.
1: Followed by Cole Perfetti, uh, 29 points in 46 games with uh Winnipeg there. He's uh must have really taken off the last few games because he was had like I hadn't really heard about much about him this season like i Mm -hmm. knew he was playing but i didn't think he was really in the race and then mason mctavish at 28 points in uh they have it as in 40 i guess he did miss a game so yeah 49 games makes sense there
0: yeah uh perfetti in particular has three points in uh his last five games there okay uh a goal and two assists and then for mctavish what's his last five looking like here uh one point uh this goal against Colorado in his okay. last five
1: yeah so I mean McCaffrey's is going to really have to go on a tear I think to make a case against Maddie Beneers and potentially Logan Thompson the
0: goaltender in Vegas there as well for um for yeah, being that, in the Calder race but yeah that's such an interesting conversation because you're just like you look at the stats and you go yeah okay Maddie Beneers makes sense right Seattle's hmm. pushed into a playoff spot and Beneers is it uh, playing on the second line or first line. Yeah. One of like, the and,
1: three second lines they have, however you look at it.
0: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure is in the top three for scoring um for uh for the Kraken. I'm just double checking that right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's third in scoring on the team uh with his 36 points. Um, only three points behind the Kraken leader, Andre Burakovsky, at 39. Yeah. Um But yeah, then you take a look at Logan Thompson and what he's been able to do this season Mm -hmm. Um, you know on a Vegas team that like I kind of questioned the goaltending at the start of the year right like oh for sure not saying that like Logan Thompson wasn't going to be good or anything like that because we saw the the flash of it at the end of Mm. uh, last season when he had to step in but just more the idea of okay you got an unproven goalie like just hasn't had a whole lot of playing time And Aiden Hill, who's been around the league for quite a bit, but hasn't done great over his career kind of thing overall.
1: Yeah. And, oh boy, has Logan Thompson really just accepted the role, I guess, kind of as a starter? I don't know. He's kind of in that weird area between a starter and a 1A, played in 35 games.
0: Yeah. And well, Aiden Aiden Hill's played 18. Um, Yeah. Where, yeah, Thompson's gone 19, 13, and 0, uh, with a 269 goals against and a 913 save percentage, um, and then I just want to double check. Money Puck says his goals save above expected is here. Yeah. Um. I'll go with a minimum. How many games does he play? Thirty-five. Okay, I'll 30. go with minimum thirty games. Okay. That's about like a starter, like kind of traditional starter number. Yeah. Um, 17th out of 20. Negative 2.6. Oh, interesting.
1: Oh, really? He's a negative? And how many... Is that 20 goalies that have played over 30? Yeah. Okay. Um, if we got like the top 32 goalies, I guess... Like, um, if it went down to twenty two, that would give us the top uh thirty-two, well, top thirty-three goalies,
0: but yeah, and he ends at twenty-sixth there. Oh wow. But it, it becomes like a massive drop off. So Thompson's at negative two point six and then Vili Huso at negative four point one. Mm-hmm. Uh our our own John Gibson negative seven point nine. Yeah. I mean uh, he's, Jordan... he's
1: continued to improve that every time we talk about it. So
0: it, it improves and then it goes back. It improves and then it goes back. Oh, well, yeah. Um, Jordan Bennington at negative uh, 10, who was pulling shit again the other night. I forget who against. Oh, I'm um, surprised. I, I think it was against Colorado, actually. Yeah, because I think because went to center ice. Oh, really? So Bennington had his chance. Ah, and he wussed out. Nice. The refs did tell Georgiev right away go back. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, <laughs> Uh, yeah, then James Reimer, negative 10.5. Jack Campbell, negative 11, which he's improving that, and he's done pretty well, if, I, if memory serves me correctly, over the last while. Uh, Jonathan Quick, negative 14.5. Spencer Martin, negative 18.6. Okay. And bless Vancouver fans who are still chanting, Bruce, there it is, at uh, Vancouver Canucks games.
1: <laughs> are they actually? Really? They are.
0: Yep. Wow. That's funny. Um because what Rick Tockett's first game back or first game was Monday, I think. So we, we've been through yes. a week now of, oh, yeah. uh, of Rick Tockett and the Vancouver Canucks, where they have gone not saying that it was gonna be just like a miraculous flip around kind of thing. Yeah. Uh they've gone two and one. But the two wins came against Chicago, a five-two win, and Columbus, a five-two win. Um Lost to Seattle six
1: <laughs> one. Okay,
0: so, hmm. um,
1: so I was just looking up here for rookie qualifications. So it says to be considered a rookie, a player must not have played in more than twenty five NHL games in any preceding seasons, uh, nor in six or more NHL games in any of or in each of any two preceding seasons. Any player at least twenty six years of age is not considered. A rookie. Do you know if that's just for players, or does that also apply for goalies?
0: Also applies for goalies.
1: It's the same cutoff. They don't like,
0: yeah, adjust it because they don't. As, as the far as
1: I'm aware, games. yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought, but I was I
0: wasn't totally sure. So, um, yeah, because that's why Matt Murray was able to be a rookie two years in a row with Pittsburgh.
1: Oh, okay, like one he of the two like...
0: rookies to win two Stanley Cups. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, because I was just taking a look at the rookie goalie numbers this year, and I, I noticed like Dan Vladar on the list, and I was like, "Well, he played quite a bit last year too. Like he was a backup all season, but I guess he just didn't hit that cutoff, so he's still considered a rookie this year."
0: Yeah, um, I want to say he played about twenty games. Okay. Uh, P-
1: <laughs> P- yeah, Peter <laughs> Kachetkov is a yeah. rookie this year, and I thought he played quite a bit last year, but I I could be wrong oh uh, oh no yeah he only played like three games last year he might have played in the playoffs more Oh
0: yeah, he played four games Carolina right yeah it was was the playoffs that he went off yeah
1: yeah so um, where are we going here yeah and then I was curious about Dostal as well just because I didn't want him to this to be like considered his rookie season but yeah he's only played like seven games or something oh yeah he'll
0: be he'll be fine until uh, until next season yeah so yeah,
1: um, so yeah, really. I mean, you could kind of make a case for three rookie goalies to like be potentially in there for the rookie scoring race, and Logan Thompson, Stuart Skinner, and Uko Pekalukinin, depending on how many games he plays for the rest of the season. But
0: so you yeah, could, I forgot that to make a case for both. Yeah, I forgot Pekalukinin is considered a uh, a rookie. Stuart mm-hmm. Skinner as well. Yeah, I don't exactly. know if he, if he yeah. said his name. Sorry. I did, I, yeah.
1: I, I, I that. Yeah, Thompson, Skinner, and Lukanen are the yeah. the top three in games uh, games played. And then, uh, yeah, and just in terms of save percentage out of those three. Oh, God. Now I'm getting. Oh, sorting by save percentage was a bad idea. Here we go. Uh, Skinner has a 914. Kachetkov in 19 games has a 913. Thompson, a 913. I don't know if Kachetkov's going to play much more this season, though, since Anderson and Rant are. Back. um so yeah it depends on injuries for them and then uh lukanen is a 901 save percentage good for 13th among rookies but i mean uh five, six seven of the guys ahead of him have played less than 10 games so can kind of count mm. them out so so yeah i don't know the the rookie scoring race is going to be interesting this year because it's not just players i don't think so
0: yeah like goalies have a Good shot at it this year, actually. Yeah, but we know that the NHL sells on scoring, mm-hmm. not on not on goalies, not allowing scoring. So yeah. it, it's more than likely going to be Baneers. So we we can yeah. still hope for McTavish, but uh, realistically, there should be a few goalies that are more in the conversation than they are.
1: For sure, yeah. And I mean, there's still 30 games left to go, right? Like, um, yeah. Say Maddie Baneers falls off a cliff, or or even. Like hopefully not, but if he gets injured, like it's it's very hard to make a case for uh the rookie scoring title when you've only played what whatever he's at, forty seven games. For
0: yeah. Yeah. So, and I like I, I kind of doubt that he does because I believe I, I think it's similar uh ways of figuring out between Dom decision of the athletic and Money Puck. Mm-hmm. Um, but both are projecting that uh Seattle has the easiest schedule for the rest of the season. Yeah. So um and then for
1: yeah and then I mean McTavish could also pop off too and just like really make a case for taking over the scoring race like yeah which
0: would be fantastic obviously not yeah. going to not going to
1: not going to hate that at all yeah like <laughs> right now i think the ducks are really trucking along um and like starting to develop some chemistry and, and play together well as a team and i think McTavish has been benefiting from that and just like actually having consistent line mates as well cuz we're finally kind yeah. of healthy, knock on wood. Um, but then the trade deadline is going to happen, and then the team, who knows what's going to happen. Like, the team might just be blown to smithereens, and then who knows what happens for the rest of the season. And it would be very hard yeah. for McTavish to maybe score because he's playing all over the lineup with various guys and stuff like that. But, yeah, we'll see. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens anyways.
0: so That has been one nice thing that we've had some consistency in lines. Cause I remember Mm -hmm. like last year or even like early this season, right? Like even trying to find chemistry, he wasn't like Eakins wasn't giving enough time for it. Right. It was like every game or every two games, you had a completely different, like shakeup of the line. It's like, okay, like how are guys supposed to figure this out? So, Mm. yeah. Um, I just wanted to throw out one more thing there just on the goalie discussion for the Calder because being a goalie, um, obviously I'm going to try to pump them up as much as I can. Yeah. Um, But even just Dan Vladar there for the Calgary Flames, like not trying to make this like a a whole Flames thing, but he actually is doing something pretty crazy right now, Uh, tying the Flames franchise record held by Mike Vernon uh, for the 88-89 season, the season that they won the Stanley Cup. And uh, Brian Elliott from the 2016-2017 season has, uh, so Vladar has tied the franchise record of 13 games without a regulation loss. Oh, damn. So he's doing well in Calgary as well. So
1: Yeah. And I mean a lot of that I think comes just from opportunity of Markstrom being awful
0: this year. Like he has not been We can we can have a conversation yeah. about that off air. I don't yeah. put that on Markstrom necessarily.
1: Well, no, you can't, but like he's he's also not Yeah. I mean Markstrom and Vladar are playing in front of the same team or behind the same team. So it's yeah different but yeah we're, you're right we could talk about it off air because we still it's, have the coyotes game
0: to get yeah to, eventually, to, to make it really simple it's the same way that anaheim plays different i feel like in front of Anthony dollars that's true the calgary flames kind of do yeah. that but just a little bit more of a separation so yeah that's fair but,
1: um yeah. yeah uh before we get into the coyotes game just because um a- after that we don't really have a whole lot else to talk about um so it'll kind of be the end of the episode we'll just i guess split up the two game talks with uh some words from our friends here over at DraftKings Sportsbook, and as well, if you're watching the video, you've probably already noticed a uh, another sponsor. old, old but new logo uh, backed down in the corner of the video here with uh, Raycon. So you can go to buyraycon.com/thpn for a sweet deal on some Raycon earbuds. And Nate we'll uh well nate from the past we'll have a a sweet deal there but yeah we're gonna have two sponsors for the show at least for this month and uh yeah we'll see you guys in just a couple minutes here to talk about the coyotes game duck coyotes game i should
0: say nba fans it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba this week new customers can bet five dollars and win 200 dollars in free bets instantly Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So, what are you waiting for? Download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Again, that's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. You've probably found that the smallest changes to your routine can actually make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something you use every day, just like Raycon earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycons started at half the price of other premium audio brands. That means you don't have to choose between products. You can get one of each, or a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com thpn today to get 15% off your Raycon order. Again, that's buyraycon.com thpn to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com thpn.
1: All right, so let's talk uh, Ducks-Coyotes here. Ducks winning 2-1 in overtime in that game. And, uh, well, it was a Ducks win. It was a different kind of Ducks win compared to the one against the Avalanche that we talked about in the first half of the episode just because, you know, it was against the Coyotes, not the Avalanche. They're a very different team, to to put it nicely.
0: Yeah, and uh, a weirdly lower score and going to overtime.
1: Yeah. It's
0: weird stuff. (laughs) <laughs> it is
1: weird, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, we we obviously talked about the Coyotes on the last episode since we played them just on was that that was like it was the game that was on the Tuesday, Tuesday. Right? yeah, yeah. And um, again, we both predicted Anaheim wins for this one. Uh, you had three two, so you I th- I think you even said overtime as well, or maybe you just said
0: not sure about that, but yeah. yeah.
1: And then I had four one for Anaheim. So. so I got the spread right just the wrong score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um but yeah we both had Anaheim for that of course cuz it's Arizona. So yeah, but it was um kind of I guess what everything you would expect from a game between the Ducks and the Coyotes like there was very physical, there was some a, a lot of speed I guess maybe not a lot of scoring but there was like definitely good chances. Like this was absolutely a goaltending battle
0: between Especially Gibson and in, in- overtime.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there was Fantastic saves on both sides there.
0: Yeah, like, I I feel like you don't normally see, like, oh, yeah, here's, like, the full overtime posted for the Ducks and Coyotes on the Sportsnet YouTube channel.
1: Not very often, no. Not
0: something I had on my 23 bingo card. No. Not going to lie, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not not early 23, maybe late 23.
0: Yeah, maybe, so. Like, this is, I don't know, the, the more games that we see against the Ducks and the Coyotes, makes me excited for the future when both of these mm-hmm. teams are good
1: ideally ideally
0: <laughs> yeah cuz yeah. like both these teams like they they t- they talk a lot about how which it's not wrong how rivalries are built in the playoffs this mm-hmm. is a like, this is like it's it's really being built in the regular season that i feel like could blow up once these teams are both making the playoffs consistently
1: Oh, for sure. It's definitely like similar vibes to, I I guess for us, like a Battle of Alberta or, um, you know, back in the day, like Anaheim, LA um, or really just any of the three California teams playing against each other. Like uh, Battles of New York, like those kind of ones where the teams just hate each other so much and that even a regular season game has like a lot of chippiness to it and like a lot of Mm -hmm. uh, just competitiveness especially with the fans too and like it's even like a home game for the ducks it's like still half the people there are like la or san jose fans like it's just a very different atmosphere and i feel like we very much got that with the ducks and coyotes this week
0: yeah it's been it's been interesting and yeah just the fact that they got scheduled that close together Mm -hmm. uh as well definitely helps that and that if i'm not mistaken that happened last year also they were like really close together games. So things things boiled over one game into the next. and Potentially, yeah.
1: I'm trying to remember if uh, if that happened. Because I know it was the end of the season we played Arizona. Yeah, and that was... Yes, yeah, so we beat them 5 nothing on April 1st. And then... When was the last time we played them? Here, I guess I could do that. Command F instead of relying on my eyeballs.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's the first two games of this season done now. Um, and the next mm-hmm. one against the Coyotes won't be until April 8th. But um, as we'll get Can, into be the end of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure both these teams are going to keep this game in mind.
1: Oh, I'm sure there will be a little bit of carryover. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so yeah, both we played the Coyotes. Be well, well ready to end the season, but it won't be until after this game. I feel like now.
1: Yeah. We played the Coyotes three times last year, uh November fifth, December seventeenth, and then the five-nothing win was uh yeah, the April first one. So they, they were fairly spread out. And that five nothing one was the uh whole Troy Terry and What's his
0: uh J. Beagle. J. Beagle Yeah. Incident. Yeah. So I feel like it's, like it's that, that, that... there's a
1: whole skill in it up thing on.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. that game last year has carried over into this year and is just more and more like Mm -hmm. the way that this is trajecting to to myself with like how the word uh, maybe i don't know i'm making it a word (laughs) all words are made up realistically um kind of how like just one thing like there's a there always seems to be like a storyline coming out of each game it feels like right yeah and Again, like just as both of these teams improve and get into the playoffs, potentially against each other and that kind of thing, I'm kind of wondering if we're starting to look at a future. Um, remember the like the like like heated hated rivalry of the Avalanche and the Detroit Red Wings mm-hmm. in like the '90s and early thousands. Like, yeah, I kind of wonder if we're heading in that direction between the Ducks and Coyotes of all yeah. teams. Like not even division rivals, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to to watch these games from now on for sure.
1: Oh, definitely. These yeah. are
0: ones like you have to circle on your calendar. They're, they're going to be for must-watch games. Reason. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, C- especially cuz like like yes, we're not playoff teams and like w- both the teams know that at this point, but like because you're still so close in the standings and like in a way, like, we, we talked about the whole no tanking thing um, last episode. And, like, yeah, players and coaches don't tank. It's the management and the owners that, yeah. that do. And no matter what, players and coaches are always trying to win games. I still think if you're a player in this game, you're like, this literally means nothing for playoff implications. Like, we can't even play spoiler against the Coyotes making the playoffs and yeah. or anything like that. So, like... In a way, you know that it benefits you to lose this game, but you're still not gonna to try to lose it. Yeah. So it's like it's interesting because like the players still know that okay, if we lose this game, we have a better chance of getting Connor Bedard, which makes us a better team, so that next time we play the the other guys, then we have a better chance at just like destroying every shred of self-esteem that they have left and, you know, making them hate their lives and just cry themselves to sleep afterwards. If if that's what motivates you. Uh, <laughs> so like, there is that motivation to lose, but they still don't. So like, even though, so like just being that close in the standings, it's like a competition to win a game that you don't want to win in a way. And that's what yeah. makes you like competitive. I don't know. It's weird.
0: Yeah, it's... I don't know. Because so we don't see this kind of future, yeah
1: yeah we don't see this kind of fire like or we didn't between the avalanche and the ducks on Tuesday because like the teams were so far apart in the standings yeah. but like or not here, like,
0: not the like there there was a little bit but it was it's not the same.
1: Yeah yeah exactly it's just yeah. like a normal amount of fighting like where or like chippiness I guess in a way
0: I don't know maybe yeah. I guess
1: this uh, like the ducks and the coyotes think of it instead of like oh we want to lose this game but so that we can get a better player Uh, I guess maybe they think of it as like oh we don't want to be the worst team in the league like we don't want to be the laughing stock of the NHL so if we can beat a bad team then it means that we're not the worst team Yeah, it's like a little bit of like holding on to whatever pride you have left like I'm trying not to sound like a dick towards the, the Ducks but like they know they're not a good team but if they can beat the Coyotes it's like okay we're at least only the second worst team you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, right now they're the third worst. Yeah. Col- yeah, yeah, exactly. Columbus exactly. and Chicago are still behind them, but yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, so it's
1: maybe, maybe that's kind of the motivation there and the reason for some of the chippiness. But
0: yeah, um, I want to talk about the goalies again. Can I talk about oh, goalies sure. again? Of course, yeah. We we kind of touched on it already. We this just was kind of glazed an amazing it, yeah. goalie battle, though. Oh yeah like i'll I'll start with i'll start with our boy John Gibson mm-hmm. uh who Money Puck has uh putting up a 2.02 02 goal save above expected in this game looking just great and uh uh natural statrick has 14 high danger shots against for him only allowing one okay. goal uh the only nice. goal of the game the which uh, 100% that is a high scoring uh or high danger chance there. And mm-hmm. uh, here, where is, um, I saw a great tweet uh, by um, a buddy of mine that does cover the Coyotes, uh, Mike Gould. Um, oh, yeah. Just about like Nick Ritchie, who was the goal scorer for Arizona there. Mm-hmm. Um, where would it go here? Um, where, come on. Where is well, it? Once you
1: once you find this here, oh here, to talk a yeah, bit here it is. Nick Ritchie, I got it.
0: So. Okay. okay, so I found it. So he said, uh, Nick Ritchie is just is such a funny player. You genuinely won't notice him even for even once for five games on end, and then boom, suddenly the puck is on his stick with a wide open net in front of him, and he makes it look like a breeze. This happens approximately fifteen times a year.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> which is true. Like even like watching it on TV, he just kind of comes out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which like, is, I hadn't which thought about. Nick also Ritchie, and we've, a long time. Yeah which, and, yeah, which
0: is something that we are used to seeing. I guess with the Anaheim Ducks defense, that type of collapse is mm-hmm. seen more times than you'd like to see it. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. Specifically on that on Gibson's right side as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So like those those right defensemen there, um, yeah. which happen to line up with you know guys like Klingberg and Shattenkirk and. Yeah, so, huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> you can see why. Um, we're,
1: we're, we're putting some
0: pieces together, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, Gibson uh, did fantastic in this game, and uh, Connor Ingram had a way better game this time than he did in the last one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, put up a 9.56 safe percentage, uh, 18 high-danger shots against where he saved all of them. Um and 45 shots against total uh, to John Gibson's 34 against. Mm -hmm. So yeah, which it's Uh, not
1: very often the Ducks outshoot a team that drastically. So yeah, it's it's interesting to see.
0: uh, I had to double check because I was like so sure that that was the first time that the Ducks had crossed the 40 plus shot mark in Mm -hmm. like for the season. Uh, No, that was actually the third time we've done it.
1: Okay, it's it hasn't been very often though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 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 been more often as of late, which yeah. has come along with a few of the wins and just every everything else kind of coming back together a little bit. Yeah. But. Um. Is there? Can
1: you sort by? Oh yeah, shots four. Here we go. Yeah. Um... Yeah, four times we've crossed the 40-goal plateau this season. Um,
0: or 40 shots. 40-goal <laughs> yeah, plateau. Sh- Fuck, yeah. that'd be
1: great. <laughs> that'd be nice, hey. Maybe next season when we have Bedard.
0: <laughs> you would eliminate uh, that goal differential in two games, goddammit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, once against the Chicago Blackhawks, where we got 41. Um, once against the San Jose Sharks, which that was a, a game that went to a shootout, where we got 44. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the 45 shots against... Um, Arizona, which again also was in overtime or went to overtime. And then 43, like literally Tuesday when we played the Coyotes. So.
0: Mm-hmm. so,
1: twice against the Coyotes, once against the Sharks, and once against the Blackhawks. And for contrast, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Stop while I scroll. <laughs> 22, 23, 24, 25. 26 times we've allowed forty or more shots on goal in fifty games. <laughs> so more than half the time, let, yep. like, and like three of them have been fifty-plus shots against. So like it's just nuts. But just padding stats for other teams. It's fantastic. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but yes, the the goalies were phenomenal. It was it, it, that was a lot of fun to watch. So. Um, just in terms of shots as well, um, the we did kind of let the Coyotes come back into it in the third, just kind of in contrast to what I was talking about against the Avalanche earlier in the episode. Uh, shots were 35-16 to 16 in favor of the Ducks after the second period and after, uh, we'll, we'll say after regulation. Um, oh, I did have it up and now it's gone. Shots after regulation uh well even just in the third period 16 to 6 in favor of the uh Arizona Coyotes so uh 41 to 32 after regulation for the Ducks so like still you know a, a pretty wide margin but just in the third period we kind of eased back and and let them get the majority of the chances whereas i think if we'd pressed even just like just a hair more on the gas pedal it, this game probably wouldn't have went to overtime
0: yeah, no, I don't think so
1: either. I mean, maybe 40 d chess move by the team to like out, like still win so that you don't feel like the worst team, but also give the Coyotes yeah. a point so that it's like, you know, they <laughs> they still are, move up a little bit in the standings and less hey, of a chance at Picard. Hey,
0: but also you're kind of thinking like, hey, we do pretty well in overtime.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Comparatively.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and then yeah, just before we, I... What are we at oh, go now ahead.
0: here for... Sorry, go, go ahead. I'm gonna. I just wanted to double check on where we're at for what well, we'd be at seven regulation wins now or six, if I'm not mistaken. Seven against the uh, like the one against
1: the Avalanche.
0: Yeah, seven regulation wins. Uh, thirteen regulation overtime. Or yeah, so se- yeah, seven regulation wins out of our sixteen wins.
1: Okay. And then six so overtime still, wins. And so we're still refuges. under
0: 500 for regulation wins overall. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. This team, man. Uh, this yeah. team.
1: Uh, um, I just wanted to highlight a couple players as well before we kind of get into, I think, the big news of this game, which yeah. unfortunately has to be the big news, but um, I, I just know it's kind of overshadowed a lot of other things that have happened in this game. So it's currently say trending
0: that. on Twitter. Yes. You, oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> yeah. Um I just wanted to highlight a couple players here. So Max Jones got a goal in this game, the uh the, the first goal, the tying goal, I suppose. Um so one goal on six shots for him, and yeah, he was just kind of all over the ice, had a very solid game. Like he he's it was his normal physical presence and and grinding it out, but uh six shots he was really feeling the offense, I guess, and then it, it paid off for him and he got the tying goal there. So that was that was nice to see. I definitely don't mind seeing more offense from Max Jones because he does have that touch he just like kind of chooses or is told to play a m- more grindy fourth liner mm-hmm. game so yeah
0: yeah uh yeah Max Jones did uh yeah pretty decent in this game expected goals of uh 0. 0.4 there and I'm mm-hmm. just taking a look at where he was for percentage for the game yeah sure uh he was Where's oh very kind of middle near the top there uh fifty six point uh fifty six point six percent is that in all situations uh yeah all situations okay
1: there. I I do have his five on five numbers because I was going to highlight uh, somebody else oh, perfect this, but he's go uh, for it. at five on five thirty eight point eight four percent um expected goals percentage so uh not fantastic like he's kind of bottom of the pack um but between both teams at five on five but. Um, mm-hmm. But still, like he had a solid offensive game. I don't really expect much defensively from him. So
0: yeah, and it's not like he was playing like uh, like, a, like he was suddenly getting put on uh, um, like special teams. Like he played three yeah. seconds shorthanded, which you're assuming is a line change, getting ready for five on five again yeah. or something like that. So yeah, exactly. But
1: yeah, uh, and then the other player I wanted to highlight, and normally we like to shit on him, but I. I Just to contrast it, I like to highlight it when he does actually have a solid game. Um, Just to give credit where it's due, uh, John Klingberg with two assists in this game, so one on each of the two Ducks goals. They were both primary assists. Um, He finished the game as a plus two, so wasn't on the ice for the Coyotes goal. And uh, played 23 minutes and 18 seconds. So that was pretty solid. Um, the, The one knock I'll give on him was two giveaways and only one takeaway. So like I mean negative one I guess in that stat but the two giveaways I wasn't super happy about like he gave the puck away once in overtime which led to the phenomenal glove save but not even glove save arm sp- just sp- sp- sprawling yeah, kind of save by Gibson the, in overtime the off
0: of the glove yeah, uh, I, off the line, yeah. Yeah,
1: I texted you like, fuck, fire Klingberg into the sun. And then literally seconds <laughs> later, I was like, holy Gibson. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then I guess his one takeaway directly led to the game winner. So sort of made up for it. But like, it, it would just kind of be nice if you just didn't give the puck away, John. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and it almost cost us the game like directly. So
0: yeah. Uh, The only guy that did worse in this game in terms of uh, giveaways, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, when we were talking about it, leads the team in giveaways, Mm -hmm. Um, Mr. Trevor Zegers, uh, who, yes, did score the overtime game winner, and Mm -hmm. that was fantastic. Um, And it's it's not to knock him down on it. Uh, Yeah, goal, three shots. Um, but yeah, three giveaways in this game. Um but uh man, that guy's gotta stop taking penalties just in general. Oh, yeah. There's um like he's he's a great player and he'll become an even greater player, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- I, I don't think anybody's arguing that, but he does need to how do I look back at Nazim Kadri. Right, how Kadri, yeah. Kadri got into a lot of penalty trouble and even suspension trouble because of his immaturity. Just, right? just a
1: lot of like times where he put his team at a disadvantage yeah. because of his antics.
0: Yeah, kind of kind of yeah. went too far that kind of thing. So last night with Barrett Hayden being on the ground and giving him that cross check to the back, yeah, that's a that that was a play that um I, I was trying to keep an eye on the game while I was working last night Yeah. Um. so I saw the replay of that though and that's a yeah mm. that's that's a no-no you don't yeah. need to do that that's okay
1: I'm sorry I just I know we're transitioning to that but I just yeah. had one more thing I wanted to say about Klingberg just okay I know it's a per- <laughs> it would be a perfect segue I, yeah, I know for, it would be for. but okay I just wanted to bring up this stat and then we'll get back to it so John Klingberg this is his five on five um, expected goals percentage so he's I guess fifth on the team with a 58.25 and in comparison to some of the Coyotes players not great but I did just want to highlight defensive pairings in particular. This Vakanine and Klingberg pairing actually w- was really, really solid. Six, just shy of sixty-two percent on the, um, or for the expected goals for at five on five. Second on the team behind a Benoit Bolleu pairing, which yeah, they're not playing top minutes, but like, that I, I would worked. not have pegged those two as yeah, that pairing yeah like those, those are. Good pairings. I on and Vakaninen's is a good like solid stay at home defenseman, so kind of a all right partner for Klingberg. And I guess maybe that was the theory coming into the season was you you have that as your second pairing, but with yeah. Vaknin out early, it made things tough on Klingberg. I don't know. And then you know Fowler Kulikov way down here, but they also played tougher competition. I don't know. It's I'll take that one with a grain of salt for now. But yeah, Klingberg's numbers pretty decent in this game uh, and again just wanted to highlight that give credit where it's due and I'd be surprised if we saw that you know the next game and like it's very inconsistent with him but be yeah. kind of nice so to
0: yeah it would be see um, him do that but
1: okay sorry now we can I'll, go back actually, to two. oh no, go let forward. me, let me yeah. dive
0: just a little bit more on that pairing so yeah they yeah, played 925 yeah. together five on five um, yeah their on ice expected was great at 1.05 um they're on ice expected against uh, was the highest on the team though at 0. 0.65 so they mm-hmm. the, the way that they play is very offensively driven extremely yeah. offensively driven so you're just hoping that that pairing I feel like doesn't get caught in the back end mm-hmm. however though they uh, only had seven shot attempts against for the entire uh, for the entire game like yeah again yeah. like nine 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 and a half minutes but Seven attempts against when they generated twenty four,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like t- sorry twenty like attempts for. Yeah, that is so pretty they, damn good actually. So like they played.
1: I, oh, sorry, um, and,
0: and and we're on ice for uh, for a goal there. So
1: yeah, so if they played about nine and a half minutes, that's sixteen percent of the game. Coyotes had how many shots? Sorry, uh,
0: well, that was uh, shot attempts. Let me see. Oh, that was shot attempts. Okay. Uh on ice shots on goal against five they had as a pairing
1: okay and then so the Coyotes had what did they finish with 34 I think Shot, yeah. uh, shots on goal yeah um, so yeah given their ice time like they should have I guess only allowed just over five which they did so yeah it's, it's kind of right where it should be like it's not anything too yeah. egregious but yeah so that's good
0: yeah so the hope um, is that that pairing does continue to work so that there's a bigger return on John Klingberg. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And that way I can get my McDoubles when both he and Shattenkirk are traded.
1: (laughs) Oh no, Shattenkirk's still going to get a better return. But I was like, (laughs) did he even play in this game? But he didn't. We'll we'll talk about it later. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. Now we can kind of go back to the whole (laughs) Zegers thing. Yeah. What you were, we, we left off and you were talking about that cross-check that he gave to Barrett Hayton after yeah. Hayton took so, that high stick. So,
0: Yeah, because I was making the comparison to Nazem Kadri, right? So just the, mm-hmm. the maturity of Kadri over the years, right? That lessened overall, right? Like the stupid penalties and that kind of thing. Um, and I'm really hoping that that's going to happen for Trevor Zegers, right? Like for a guy that's as yeah. skilled as he is, he doesn't need to be doing what he's doing. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing that I was even talking about for Brad Marchand, right? He's not the guy that needs to be doing the stupid shit and trying to get under people's skin and that kind of thing. Go out there and score. And and score points. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, if if I had one criticism of Zegers' game, is, yeah, he he has to mature Mm. and quit taking the dumb penalties because we we see it fairly often.
1: uh, I mean, we talked about that on our uh, New Year's Resolution episode was just you know, just just focus on the game. I'm pretty sure that's, I think that's something that you had brought up potentially. I think that that's what you had said for Zegers. I don't totally remember, but I, I know we definitely have talked yeah. about it. So, Or maybe it was at the halfway point because he was...
0: It, it might have been the halfway point. Yeah, because yeah. we
1: looked at penalty minutes. But um, one thing I will kind of say in defense of Zegers in that specific situation, yeah. the cross-check, um, well, a couple things I'll say in defense of him is Henrique also kind of gave him Hayden a bit of a shove like just seconds before. So like, I don't, I don't know. like Which I also don't condone. No, But Henry
0: was a lot less egregious, we'll say.
1: Well, because well, he didn't have a stick, so yeah, he literally that, just kind of shoved him. He yeah, was like, like I get out of a, here. Like, there's
0: a reason that Henry got nothing and Zegers got two and a game.
1: Ten-minute misconduct. Or, or ten-minute
0: yes. misconduct. Yeah. was it listed as a... It, it oh, can't yeah, have been like, a game just, just a because misconduct. he scored. Yeah, he, he scored yeah a, sorry. just It's just listed as a says, misconduct. Yeah. My
1: bad. yeah, it's all good. Um, But so um, so like that... Shove from Henrique, also maybe kind of made the cross-check a little awkward for Zygris on Hayton, like, made it look worse than it was because he was, like, getting shoved a couple times. So, like, like like you said, we're not condoning the Henrique shove, too. But also, that does just happen, like, all the time. Whenever a player goes down and the Mm -hmm. other team thinks, oh, you're fine, like, get up, quit being a soccer player, like, they always give him a little shot. Or, like, even if there's, like, a net front battle, like, and both guys fall down, the Whichever guy gets up first, just like immediately cross checks the other guy, like between the pants and the yeah, ho- um, hockey, hockey, the can, the, pa- the ho- chest protector. Sorry. Yeah, yeah,
0: an element of hockey is definitely who can get away with the most. Yeah, right. Like refs aren't going to see everything, right? And obviously we know that there's some. And they're not going to call are,
1: everything, even if they see it too.
0: So. Yeah. So there's some things that definitely should be called. Uh, the. Zgris was definitely one that should be called. I, I don't disagree with the penalty. Yeah, that, that should e- that should
1: be two minutes every single time. But if if that's all that happened in that play, then nobody really bats an eye because it happens all the time. Players do that kind of chippiness, and sometimes they get two minutes, sometimes they don't, and it's yeah. whatever. Like it's we're never gonna eliminate that from the game, and it's not worthy to like string a guy up by his balls for that. So it's, but, you know, obviously there's a little more controversy around this whole play um, between Stetcher who was standing up for Hayton and mm-hmm. Trevor egress. And we'll preface this by saying it's like pretty much all speculation at this point.
0: Yeah. And, and that's it's never right.
1: going to really be confirmed, but like, yeah, we, we're still going to speculate on it. And it's, yikes, we'll say that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's... So just to, just to refresh everybody's mind, Zegers gives the shot to Barrett Hayton. Um, I forget who else came in, but Barrett uh, gets up as well, goes at Zegers. You got a whole scrum going with everybody uh, from both rosters. And... Um, but there was something... In particular, said uh, by Trevor Zegers to uh, Troy Stetcher that just sets Stetcher completely off.
1: Just like, l- like, un- like, like he had, like he had chaos eyes. Like he looked like yeah. he was ready to murder somebody.
0: Yeah, and this is where it gets to the pure speculation. A lot of people, especially mm-hmm. on Twitter right now, are going with, and mind you, it does. It can look like that. I'm not a great lip reader, so that's why I'm prefacing this with it does yeah. look like this, but um it, it does look like he's saying something to the effect of like your dad's up watching or something like that as he's mm-hmm. like pointing up to the sky. Yeah. Um, which for context, uh Troy Stetcher's father, uh Peter, I believe uh, yep. is his name. Yeah, um, had passed away in uh June of twenty twenty there just uh like as I think it was like just before the bubble for mm-hmm. 2020 happened.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I have I pulled up an article for that too. And because I, I thought there was a little bit more and why like people actually know more about this is when the bubble started, Troy Stetcher um scored the game winning goal in any, game any one point, against St. Louis. It and up. he pointed up. Yeah. And like kind of like dedicating that goal to his father. Um and And then they have the Canucks Twitter, I guess, um, in this article that have it that um, Troy Stetcher uh, took his father's necklace and hung it or hangs it in his stall every Mm -hmm. game. So, like, yeah, it was like a big thing. And it was like the first game after that when uh, he was, yeah, when when the playoffs started, when he was back in Vancouver there. So,
0: yeah. The other thing that it does look like it seems like he could potentially be saying is more like, you're like washed up kind of thing. Like I, I've, yeah, I've I'm seen not going to lean one side or the other. Hate me for it. If you want, I'm not going to lean one side or the other though, until mm. we have something factual as to what was said. Right.
1: If we even get that, but
0: right. Because yeah. you can, you can read somebody's lips for one thing and it can be something completely different. Right. Yeah. And mind you, like I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. Social media, though, likes to blow things out of proportion.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Right? Yeah. And and also, like, when
1: one person says something, it's like, oh, it looks like he says this. Then
0: everyone can kind of pick out and it's like, oh, it does look
1: like he said that. You're right. Like, it it can kind of balloon there. So,
0: Which, yeah, so I I don't think we're ever going to get anything official on this. Unless, honestly, I feel like the only way that we do is if there's an interview with Troy Stetcher about what happened.
1: and he says, this is what was yeah. said. And then obviously Zegers is going to get the question. And I don't, I don't know. Is this something you investigate too? Like if I, you're the I NHL, do, like I do for kind a suspension?
0: Of, I do kind of wonder just because of the reaction that you got from Stetcher. If it was something leaning towards the, you know, the, the passing of his of his father, mm-hmm. that's a completely appropriate reaction.
1: By Stetcher, yeah.
0: By Stetcher, yes, a hundred percent. And I'm oh, saying that absolutely. as somebody who has lost a parent, I mm-hmm. would feel I would do the exact same thing, if not probably more than Stetcher, actually. So, it's Ste- like, if
1: the refs weren't there, Stetcher might have seriously messed Zegers up. Like there was, yeah. it's like the the ref did a or the linesman, whoever it was, did a fantastic yeah, lines, job yeah. of keeping those guys from, you know, well, not those guys, Stetcher from beating the piss out of somebody because he was fired up. So,
0: yeah. Now, so like in saying that again, I'm not leaning one side or the other. I would, if it's possible, I'd like to know. This is where like it's it, this is one of the kind of cases where I do wish that everybody was miked up actually mm-hmm. for like for like legal, like in terms of uh, like hockey legality for like uh, legal reasons for suspensions mm. or that kind of thing. Right. Especially yeah. with um, a lot of the stuff uh, over the last, well, I mean, not over the last while, but like you think of just like uh, even like racist remarks or anything like that, like, mm. but even just down to something like this of like personal attacks and uh, you, you don't know, it, you might even be able to consider it a gross misconduct depending on what was said. Right. Yeah, exactly. There might be yeah. more than what the camera caught. We, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, that yeah. is where like, I, like, I I yeah. do wish that we had all players mic'd up for, yeah, for legality reasons,
1: yeah. Um, for entertainment value as well, but that's do, yeah. It is also to protect the, I don't, I don't even want to say protect, well, protect the players, I guess, but like, I don't know, just protect the integrity of the game, I guess, because like, there's like, like you said, there's been times recently, like over the last couple of years, where there's been potential racist remarks made and or like homophobic ones, like that's still been a, a thing, and it's been suspend suspensionable. Like players have been suspended for it before, like yeah. both of those comments because they cross a line. And like yeah, the there's a chirping is always going to be in the game, and that's and that's fine, you know. If you're even like one of those old school guys where it's like, oh, back in my day, like. People would, you know, have heart attacks if they heard some of the shit that we would say on the ice. So it's like, yeah, I'm sure, like, we would if yeah. that happened now. But you know, it, it, times are the, different. It, like, you yeah. you can still chirp and you can still give a guy a hard time and say you suck at hockey. Like, oh, it's like, say hi to your sister for me. Like that, that kind of shit. Like, the, yeah. those chirps I think are like fine, but there is lines you just don't cross. And if that's what Zegers said, that's up there. Maybe not. As egregious and I'm not i don't even wanna like say like oh there's worse things to say than like all that kind of stuff but it it's up yep. there with like you know racist and homophobic remarks like it's a personal attack on yeah on somebody's personal life, like not just like how they are at, at hockey like it's not about the game at that point so
0: yeah exactly if if it does lean into more of the personal attack angle um then you, you know what? A hundred percent that April 8th game against the Arizona Coyotes, Trevor Zegers better have his head up. And we, we've talked about this before of just like in the context of hockey even. yeah um, we, We've talked about it between, you know, Zach Cassian and Matthew Kachuk a few years ago of uh, Calgary yeah. and Edmonton and that kind of thing. Be ready to answer the bell. Mm-hmm. If that is what happened, be ready to answer that bell in that game.
1: Yeah. The only thing that i am unsure of and i just want to have a look at the timing of it all okay so with so this was this all happened 13:37 into the second period so with the 2 minutes and the 10 minute misconduct for zegris he wouldn't have returned to the game until about half or until about 5 minutes into the third, the third period yeah so there there was an intermission time for everybody's tempers to cool off and I'm sure potentially the coaches too to say we're in a tight game let's like not deal with it let's not do anything dumb let's just mm. calm down and focus on hockey for the next 20 minutes 15 minutes and ended up being 22 23 whatever but so I'm sure that conversation happened in both dressing rooms but at the same time if Stetcher was that fired up and probably talked to his teammates about it like this punk ass bitch said this uh, and his teammates would have rallied behind him because that's how teams are. Mm-hmm. Then i I feel like we would have seen, like, either guys taking liberties with Trevor Zegris, like making his life a living hell, like along the boards and yeah. in front of the net, like just cross checks galore, and like someone would have, but like th- th- this is not a, a soft team in the Coyotes. Like they have Zach Cassie and oh, yeah, um, yeah. Troy Stetra himself is. Like a monster, um, I'm like just to name a couple guys off the top of my head, um, yeah, like Valamaki, I think is a big guy. Um, you you probably know more about him, Nate, but
0: yeah, a uh, younger guy there, but and I don't think he's overly fought too much. Okay, um, but, but
1: like, there's, I don't know, I feel like the they would have made Zegris answer the bell. Already, but unless it was like a oh J- uh, Jake Jack Jake McBain I think is his first name I don't remember he's a bigger guy but like I feel like yeah. they would have done that before unless there was a message from um, Andre Turner head coach of the Arizona Coyotes saying like if anybody fights Ziegler's and puts us at a disadvantage for the rest of this game then you're benched for the rest of the game and you're healthy scratched until yeah, it's, like next week kind of like there would have been that kind of message maybe that mm-hmm. would have deterred the players but i don't know.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's one of the only one of the two reasons i could see for not having something happen when Seagrass was out. Yeah. Because of like you'd kind of expect that to happen if that's yeah. the case. Mm-hmm. Or it was that it that isn't what was said. Again, it's it's pure speculation. It's people are this is what they're grabbing onto right now and are getting upset about yeah um which again if this is what it is that's totally valid then that's fine mm-hmm. right
1: yeah um we just don't know so
0: yeah um if, if it comes out that he did say that yeah I'd lose respect for trevor Zegers. absolutely absolutely yeah right that, that's a line you don't need to cross and I will be even with even without it I, I do hope that Zegris does mature more mm-hmm. right so like I've I've been on quite a few times saying like he does ride that line of confident and cocky for sure. And yeah. there, there are times that he crosses that line for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is definitely one of them, right. He's, he's still like chirping from the penalty box and that kind of thing. It's like, no dude, like you're in there for a two and a 10. This is the time to shut the fuck up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Or it's that, you know, that isn't what was said. And that's why kind of thing. I, Yeah. Yeah. I, don't I hope it's I hope yeah. it's that
1: one, and like it was still something that just fired Stetcher up in yeah. a, a, another kind of way. If, because if it
0: is, if it is the hey, it's a tight game. Let's not deal with this now. Mm-hmm. Definitely be on the eye uh, or keep your eyes out for that last game between these two teams on April eighth.
1: Yeah, for sure, because that's not something you forget, no matter how long.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. The, so, it, like, if, is, so. if that is what happened. Yeah, retribution will be had. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, and I'm not going to feel sorry for Zegers for it. No, if if that's what was said, yeah, he, he's got to... he's got got to answer the bell. Yeah. yeah, he's got to atone for it. So yeah.
1: the the other thing because I I tried to, I watched the clip this morning of it again like probably 20 times just trying to yeah. like read his lips and I, like I had the volume crank just trying to see like if I could hear absolutely anything. anything. Yeah. But like, it, like Even you, I've you been like scrolling yeah. through
0: Twitter like trying to like just yeah like see find yeah.
1: Anything on it. Yeah. But and just like just before you can really see Zegra's Zegra's mouth what looks like um hey your dad's up there watching or, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um just before that, it shows a clip of Henrique and McTavish just kind of standing and watching everything going on. And like, it just looks like they're watching it. And then, like, both of their eyes kind of like dart to the side where they're like, oh shit. Like, yeah. Like, they both, they just get this weird look on their face. Like, I don't agree with him saying that, but like, yeah. did, he's did my he just, teammate. He so just, I'm not going to like. just
0: say that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just like a, he, this, I'm not going to defend him. I'm not going to get involved at all. Just. So, like, but I don't know if it was just, like, yeah. more so of, like, again,
0: a... So, again, if it is crossing that line, though, be ready for the Ducks not to maybe stick up for him as much. Yeah, like, they When it comes to that game in particular.
1: That specifically, like, no... Henriques not going to take that fight for him sort of thing, but, like, if yeah. he's just receiving cross-check after cross-check and not, like, answering the bell traditionally... Or like being forced to answer the bell traditionally. Then like I think Henrique would stand up for him and be like, "Okay, like either fight him or leave him the fuck alone." Or you got to answer to me now. Like I I think Henrique would still do something like that, or like any of the other guys. But if it's when it comes down to no, we're throwing hands because of this is what the comment actually was. It's Mm. it's all Trevor Segris. Yes, and that's it. And I I think that's fair. I think that's reasonable. So
0: yeah, I think so as well. Yeah. Uh, To to unless you have anything more to add to it, um, to wrap this up, uh, just came across a tweet here from uh, a few pucks short. Uh, the Trevor egress Troy Stetcher lip reading situation is the hockey version of this. And then has uh, the, is the dress black and blue or gold and white? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, because, I mean, because really like it's kind of, yeah. like, there's like multiple videos of like, you're going to read, like you're going to hear something, and if mm. you read something along with it, it sounds like that. But then if they change it, it sounds like this. Yeah. Right? Like, it, And it's all kind of mental. So yeah, if you go into each time you're watching it, thinking in your head like, your dad's up there watching, yeah, you're going to mm. see that quite a bit. But if you see it as something else, then you're going to see that a little bit more, right? Which is mm-hmm. why, for again, for now, I am staying down the middle. That might, if you want to roast me for that, that's fine. But as I've done, for a very, very large bulk of the show,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I prefer to go on fact. Yeah, right? exactly. as much as much as possible. There's there's speculation and mm-hmm. that kind of thing, which is what we've spent the last twenty minutes talking about. Yeah, right. But until we hear something definitive, I'll give you both sides of it. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, even, I'll, give, I'll give you I'll give you yeah. both angles, whether we knew or didn't. Yeah, even even if the or, roles are reversed.
1: Yeah. Like, and we were, say we were doing an Arizona I would give you the rather exact than a Ducks one. Yep. It, yeah, yeah, I, I would as well. Like, until we know for sure, like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, I guess, cancel Zegras or, or whatever. Like, yeah. but I'm yeah, like I'm not going to defend him to the ends of the earth because like, you know, it, yeah, it does look like he says that. So it's entirely possible. I'm not going to say there's no way he would say that. Um, but I'm also not going to say, yeah, no, that's that is what he said. Like, let's get him the fuck out of here. This kid should never play in the NHL again. So, like, I'm yeah. not going to react extremely until we know. Um, but yeah, I do just hope, just to wrap this up for me, I do just hope that if that is something that was said, um, the NHL does a very quick investigation on it because it, there's no and reason for it to be drawn out and, yeah. and a legitimate one because there was. Tons of ears around. There was Zegris, there was Stetcher, there was at least Henrik and McTavish. Barrett Hayton was there, and you know, another coyote or two probably as well. And then there was at least one referee directly between the two. Yep. And there was probably the other referees. What else would they be doing? They would be around there too. So there is tons. There's at least taking out Ziegris and Stetcher, there's probably at least. 10 other people around, like within earshot, to hear exactly what was said. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that if that is what's said, then somebody would say something and a suspension of a length to be determined would be handed out. I think.
0: Yeah. And one thing I do agree on, though, is like if there is suspension or that, that's not, that is not what is going to. Flip his mentality, no right. It's going to be getting his face clocked in, unfortunately. But yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, um, yeah. At the at the end of it all, uh, Trevor Zegras over his two and a half seasons with uh, the Anaheim Ducks, uh, hockey fans have determined that that is the new Corey Perry. Just having the Anaheim Ducks. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, it, this is a hundred percent the second coming of Corey Perry, where yep. he plays that super high skilled offensive style, but he also just is a pain in the ass to play against, and always finds a way to get under somebody's skin.
0: He's the he's the blend of Perry and Getzlaff, like the perfect blend.
1: Yeah, exactly. So and. So, like, because there's always those guys that, like, talk a big game and chirp, and then, like, they've just got, like, stone hands and can't fucking skate or shit. Like, they're literally yeah. just a, a fourth-line plug for most of the time. But if you have the skill that Zgris does, I think you have a little bit more leeway on, like, being able to trip Because you can trip guys, and, like, then, then what do they do? It's like, oh, you, you can, like, if Zgris only said to Stetcher, oh, you suck at hockey, you're washed up. What's Stetcher going to say to respond? Besides just, like, give him the stinky glove. Because it's like, yeah, he can't say you suck at hockey, you're washed up. Like, he's literally 20 years old and just like the talk of the NHL and known for doing doing one of the most exciting moves in the league, right? So, like, it's you you can talk a bigger game when you have the skill that Zegris does to back things up, but again,
0: yeah, can't cross a line. So, yeah, (laughs) like, like, Setcher's not a whole lot older, like, he's 28.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like he's still so, pretty young, and I mean he's a defenseman, is he not? Yeah. So like it's a they, they play very different styles, right? But
0: mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, hope, hope obviously again, hoping that's not what he said. But if he does, if that is what he said, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not defending that.
1: Yeah, he he said so, something enough to, and, upset and I don't want anybody, and,
0: and I don't, I don't want anybody to think that I am defending it. First yeah. of all. Yeah, right? exactly. Like like yeah. I said off the top as somebody who has lost a parent as well, I would be irate the same way, if not Mm. more than Stetcher was. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure I have in the past, actually.
1: Yeah. So So this... uh, So yeah, two minutes for the cross-check. Of course, you're going to hand that out. The 10-minute misconduct, like, I don't think you get that for the cross-check and with how irate Stetcher was and then the fact that he got that 10-minute misconduct. It was
0: listed as part of the cross-check. Like, as part of the rough. It was listed as that. Was it? Yeah. Okay i I don't know. I don't. Yeah, the, the I don't NH- think you hand NHL... that out just for
1: the cross check. Like, I I still think that he said something that was bad enough to warrant the misconduct. Whether it was, um, like about it, whether it was something that crossed the line or it was just, you know, hey, maybe you should just shut your trap and just go to the box, and then he didn't. So they're like, okay, another ten minutes for you. Um, like it could just be that, but I don't know. I I just don't see them handing out that ten minutes for the cross check. So.
0: Um, I'm taking a look here right now. Rule t- 22
1: th- um, is, is, mis- con- is
0: misconduct penalties, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, just kind of reading through it here quick. Uh, it's for goalkeepers, yada, yada, shorthanded. Um. Misconduct penalties, assess for abuse of official, no, infractions. Uh, reference table 9, summary of misconduct penalties on page 144. Okay.
1: Get scrolling.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, table 9, sum- summary of misconduct penalties. Uh, banging boards with the stick uh, in protest of an official's ruling, continuing or attempting to continue a fight, deliberately breaking stick or refusing to surrender stick for measurement, deliberately throwing any equipment out of the playing area, remaining in the referee's crease, fighting off the playing service, inciting an opponent, Is that, so okay, there, it might that might yeah. be there. Um, Yeah, using profane or abusive language. Though from what we can gather, there wasn't that. wasn't that, yeah. The context of it. Um, Yeah, that's... It's at least written by the NHL currently Mm -hmm. as um, misconduct against Barrett Hayton. Like oh, okay. Trevor Zegers' Christmas against Barrett Hayton, which is why okay. I'm I'm yeah. I'm going by what the NHL has currently.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, fair. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I don't know. You can like you can kind of I guess list it as what you want, but I guess you could li- like if you were the NHL ref, you could say, "Oh, ten minute misconduct for um, Zegris against Troy Stecher." Yeah, and people would be like, "Okay, the
0: now we the know, so. the you could even like just." looking at the wording of it of um, inciting an opponent Mm -hmm. because that cross check led to what was everybody separated and Mm -hmm. cooled off, led to everybody really quickly getting together and like everybody's involved. Yeah. That's where your misconduct could come from because of the act. Mm -hmm. So, which I, I would say it was an egregious enough, of a roughing penalty that it would warrant that so
1: uh, i guess yeah, yeah. You, you you could make the argument
0: for yeah. it for sure
1: so yeah okay um we're going to wrap up with a couple quick news bits here uh unless you had anything else about this game but i think we kind of covered
0: it all yeah i okay. think we did yeah yeah, yeah, we okay. did.
1: Okay, yeah. So, uh, quick injury update: uh, Kevin Shattenkirk didn't play against Colorado or Arizona with a lower body injury, as we kind of mentioned earlier. So, don't know timeline for him to come back. But two and L oh, since the, he went out. <laughs> Just saying. Who's got Just the saying. better
0: value? Who's got the better value? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> both, both these guys suck, but which one sucks less? Yeah, <laughs> going to be the argument basically yeah, from right. last episode for the rest of the season, or I guess until trade deadline. Yeah, or whatever happens to these guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's the only injury update we really have there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I guess let's do this other. Well, no, let's keep it in. Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? Do you want to do? Uh, this one first, Nate, or do you want to talk, uh, this one?
0: Uh, let's do the first one. First just kind of get it out Keep of the, the way and then it. we can, we can end it on a high note. Okay. Sounds good. That? That,
1: that's a good plan. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So there was a report that, well, it's kind of come out on various platforms. I heard it on 32 thoughts, the podcast, you had heard it first, um, with this article and then seen that it was on 32 thoughts.
0: Uh, no 32 oh. thoughts first, actually. Oh, you saw it there first. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. So either way, uh, but apparently Bally Sports, uh, who is the has the broadcasting rights for uh the Anaheim Ducks games, really all of them, um, or most
0: of them anyways. Yeah. And our uh, national broadcasts on ESPN and TNT.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, as well as various other teams that we'll get to a little bit later. But uh Bally Sports is nearing bankruptcy, which is uh not great for them, <laughs> and uh, especially because they currently cover 12 NHL teams, and they also do some basketball and
0: baseball, yeah, ba- I believe. Yeah, basketball, baseball, football, if I'm not mistaken, football, as well. Yeah, that I'm not sure
1: on. But, I mean, really, the we, we care about the hockey. But either way, this is like a yeah. big like sports network and entertainment group, so... It's uh, it's owned by Diamond Sports Group. So, Bally Sports is, like, the regional broadcast, I guess. But let's see yeah. if it...
0: How WNBA well. as well. So, like, we're getting into the... It's not okay. just the men's, it's it's women's sports as well. Yeah. Okay, I see. So, yeah, they have it separated um,
1: into, into like, various... So, it's, like, Bally Sports West, Bally Sports Southeast, Bally Sports yeah. San Diego, and, like, all of those. And then within each of those, it, like, covers all of the teams like within that. oh here we go oh, teams yeah. by
0: network do we want that? Uh, there's also like professional obviously but also college and high school yeah. uh, games are covered by Bali
1: mm-hmm. yeah so they kind of cover a little bit of everything honestly mm-hmm. just scrolling through it like they cover a lot of teams yeah poker even <laughs> yeah <Tennis. laughs> American Ninja Warrior um, the US Army Bowl So, anyways, lots of different stuff. Um, So, them going bankrupt is a pretty significant deal across the sports world, but um, specifically as it relates to the NHL, a lot of, well, not a lot of, uh, majority of their revenue up until very recently when they started selling more advertisements within games, on jerseys, Mm -hmm. on the boards, all that kind of stuff, helmets. um, The TV network deals made up pretty much all of the revenue for the NHL and contributed to and dictated what the salary cap was going to be from season to season it was essentially how much money can we get from these TV networks for the broadcasting rights for these teams okay mm-hmm. add it all up and this is what our salary cap is total yeah essentially plus you know various marketing deals jersey sales
0: all that yeah, kind of stuff. Other other forms of revenue, but yeah, mark uh, the TV deals are a, a massive implication into it.
1: Yeah. So, with one of the major ones, you know, one that covers 12 of the 32 teams, um potentially not going to be yielding any revenue if Bally Sports does declare bankruptcy, yeah. then that could have serious implications on what the salary cap is. And I mean, obviously they'll replace this deal eventually because someone has to cover the broadcasting rights. Like you can't just not broadcast these games. I mean, you can, but like you, you, you're <laughs> going to find someone that, else. That's, so that's
0: not a good, it's uh, not a good strategy for uh, continuing to grow the NHL game. Um, yeah. Sorry. But did in, you go through all of the teams? That... I, I didn't know.
1: I just kind of went okay. through the leagues. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Finish, you your,
0: the... finish your thought and then I can, I can read who's all affected.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, I, was, I was just going to say like, obviously they'll have another, uh, networks step in to take over this deal, but in the short term, it's like, okay, we were expecting this money. Now it's not here. We can't raise the salary cap until yeah. we get another deal. And we don't know when that's going to happen. So this is the salary cap for now. And then maybe we'll see what happens with the TV deal that they'll probably sign September first or whatever if the if Bally yeah. Sports declares bankruptcy like soon within the next few months. So yeah. Um yeah if you want to go through the 12 teams in the NHL that are listed here. They're, I think they're all American teams.
0: Okay. Uh, Yeah, they are. So there is the uh, LA Kings, the Anaheim Ducks, obviously, uh, Arizona Coyotes, the Dallas Stars, the St. Louis Blues, Minnesota uh, Wild, the Detroit Red Wings, Columbus Blue Jackets, Nashville Predators, Carolina Hurricanes, Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Florida Panthers. Those are all the 12 NHL teams that would be affected by Losing their broadcasts with uh with Bally with Sports there. Mm. Um and uh there was an interesting note as well from uh this article that we're looking at here on Maple Leafs Insider from Evan Dolfler. I hope I'm saying that right. Um of those twelve teams, only two of them are considered revenue generating teams, uh, which are okay. the LA Kings and the Detroit Red Wings. Which I'm kind of surprised actually for Tampa not being a revenue generating team considering yeah.
1: It depends on the definition, because they were yeah. not a revenue generating team for a long time. So if they're looking like over the entire course of the franchise, their recent run over the last few years has probably like, you know, got them like a net zero or close to in terms of like long term investment. But like over the yeah, last few right. years, you can't tell me that the Tampa Bay Lightning haven't been a revenue generating team this year and last year and but individually but over the course of the whole lifespan i guess i I could see that
0: yeah um but taking a look outside the nhl let's take a look specifically at valley sports uh socal which is you know the hub Hmm. for the anaheim ducks that also affects obviously the la kings but affects the clippers um, it affects the angels as well, which I'm not massive into the angels like specifically, but I'm trying to get more into the MLB in general. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was seeing a lot of uh, angels fans not being pleased that uh, their owner is going to continue to be the owner. He was looking into selling the team. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting as well with this to see how this all plays out. I think mm-hmm. um, I want to dig up more into that uh, personally. Uh the Rams as well for the NFL and, uh, does include the San Diego Padres from, uh, Valley sports, San Diego side. Yeah. Um, and San but Diego gets kind of close all enough, so. Those teams as well. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah. So like outside of the ducks, that is a lot of major teams that are about to be affected by potentially losing their broadcast, uh, their broadcast groups.
1: Yeah. I, I did a quick count. There's five NFL teams. Um, one of them, well, you said the, the LA Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who obviously have uh, God, I'm blanking on his name. Why? Tom Brady. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> who is that most famous NFL player in modern history? Like, what's maybe the he has he-? Yeah.
0: maybe has him? I, I, I think I saw an interview the other day that somebody had asked him, uh, you know, like kind of what his plan was. And he yeah. got a little pissed on there. Oh, really? Just like if I had a fucking idea, I would tell you it, yeah. <laughs> or like, or everybody would know what it is. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the the, the interviewer is just like, I sense I touched a nerve there. <laughs> I was i was like, no oh, shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. The um, they've got like quite a few NBA teams too, like yeah, uh, LA like bigger ones like the Clippers, the Heat, um, the OKC Thunder, um. Cleveland, like, quite a few MLB teams, like, that are... So, like, and and the NHL is obviously, like, the smallest revenue or smallest, like, of the big four, I guess, like, in terms of revenue that they bring in. So, like, with potentially all four of the big four sports leagues needing to find new networks for various teams... Mm -hmm.
0: It's (laughs) gonna be a shit show. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, so say like NBC is like, okay, we'll pick up some of the slack um, on some of these. So they'll sign the NFL deal, they'll sign the NBA, they'll sign the MLB, and then it's like, okay, we would like to sign the NHL deal, but we just spent money on three other deals for the bigger sports networks. So like, we don't really have a lot for the NHL to give. So like, it's 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 not even just that. Okay. We just got to find a, someone to sign basically the same deal and then the salary cap can continue to be where it is. It's like, no, like there is now going to be less um, networks available to take on these, all of these teams across all the networks. So there's just going to be less money to be spent on TV deals. And the NHL is going to get the short end of the stick because they are the smallest of the big four.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, I am trying to. Double check here really quickly, yeah. Because there's just one team that stuck out, but I'm just double checking if there's any of the others here. Um, but let's take a quick look just at the NBA for yep. a second, um, because the just as an example, the Dallas Mavericks are uh, the tenth uh, highest valued team in the M- uh, in the NBA. At okay. uh 3.26 billion dollars. Jesus,
1: the um sorry, that's is that the team that's owned by the Shark Tank Dragons Den guy, uh, Mark Cuban? Yeah, Mark Cuban. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Um, that blanking team on all is, the names that, today. That team is a is potentially about to not have a TV deal outside of the national broadcasts. Yeah. Like just for yeah. like one team alone, that is devastating. Mm-hmm. For all of these teams, though. And what's going to happen to all these leagues? And yeah, especially for the NHL, they're probably going to be the odd man out for a lot of yeah. these, right? Oh, it's, for in, sure. In, yeah. in a lot of these markets, yeah. So it's going to be really interesting and definitely something uh, to keep an eye on here. So yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah, that's uh that kind of wraps up the news. So as uh, Nate said, let's wrap things up on a high note. And uh, if you're used to the Monday episodes, you. No, you're like, hey, there's there's been a segment missing here. What's going on? <laughs> it's a, overall been a very positive episode, but like, where's where's my favorite segment? You know. Um, but don't worry, it's coming. Where so, is it, Carter? Where <laughs> is coming. it? It's here. It's here. It's don't here. Worry. the package has arrived. It's, it's been out for delivery all day, but it's arrived finally. finally. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the last stop on the on the truck.
0: Really pushing that uh, between eight a.m. and eight p.m. thing, at it's seven fifty-nine p.m.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's weather delays. You know, we can. Uh, that's what, what. can you do? What can you do?
0: Snowmobile, because we're in Canada. It's true. <laughs> yeah, or
1: or polar bear. Just have your mail delivered by polar bear. <laughs> oh my god,
0: <laughs> we're not adding to the stereotype.
1: <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, we've we've talked previously on the show um about the e-bugs and how the emergency backup goaltenders and how much of a fantastic story there are. We had Thomas Hodges at the very end of last season for yeah. the Anaheim Ducks, so that was exciting. And while uh, it wasn't totally like an emergency backup situation, wasn't yeah, not, really an e-bug, but...
0: Yeah, not technically classified as an e-bug.
1: Yeah, but still an emergency situation. Uh, just a, overall a feel-good story coming out of Edmonton um, with... A player by the name of Matt Berlin of the uh, University of Alberta Grizzly Bears, if I'm not mistaken. Is uh their team? Or Grizzlies or something? Or Bears? The, it's something uh, like that. Golden Bears. That's what it is. Golden like. Bears. Golden Bears. Yeah. yeah. Um, quick hockey DB. Look up here. Um, oh, no, it just has... Uh, it yeah. just says U of, U of a, Alberta. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, I think it's the Golden
0: Bears, yeah. You're right, yeah.
1: Um, but yes, the so Edmonton native uh, playing for University of Alberta, which is in Edmonton. Uh, he was signed on an emergency basis to an amateur tryout deal uh, just hours before the Oilers-Blackhawks game Saturday night uh, with uh, Stuart Skinner being out with an illness and obviously not able to back up. Uh, Jack Campbell was going to be the starter anyways, I believe. Um, but they you, you obviously need a backup goaltender to sit on the bench. So they signed this guy to an amateur tryout to just be the backup. Um, I, it sounds like he had practiced with the team here and there, like, you know, off-season um, or, like, training camp and just preseason practices, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, like, he's not, like, a stranger or anything like that um, to a lot of the guys. But uh, with the Oilers being up 7-3 with a few minutes to go, Matt Berlin was uh, put in net for the last... Two minutes forty-five-ish seconds of the game. Uh, uh,
0: Two twenty-six. I got the exact number. Two twenty-six.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where he faced one shot off uh, from Caleb Jones and made one save on it. So, yeah. And and overall, just a cool opportunity because, you know, they didn't have to play him. It's Campbell was fine. It was yeah. He was willingly pulled. And it's not because it wasn't an e bug situation. It's not like okay, is that like that's kind of weird. Like why. Like, he was actually the backup for that. So, like, mm. say, like, even if it was Stuart Skinner, like, easily could have just put him in. But obviously, you're not going to do that just for a couple minutes yeah. at the end of the game. But they wanted to give this guy... Uh, uh, I was going to say kid, but he's 25. Like, he's kind of our age, so he's not really a kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they gave this guy just a, kind of probably a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to, yeah. you know... Play a couple minutes in the NHL and face an NHL shot and make a save. And yeah, it, It's it was just stuff. super cool. Like, they didn't have to do that. Like, he was probably content, like, well, he was content to just sit on the bench because he was like, I mean, expected. wouldn't you? <laughs> that, that's yeah, a right?
0: cool experience. <laughs> yeah.
1: The, he said um, in the post game interview uh, that I watched this morning um, that he, Uh, He was texted by the goalie coach, like, "Hey, can you be the e-bug for tonight? We just need someone." He was like, "Okay, I'll sit in the stands because he did that, I guess, in the bubble. Uh, He was the e-bug, and then
0: he also did it last season. It says here in this article. Oh, did he?
1: Okay. Um, And then uh, a few hours before puck drop, he got another text saying, like, "Oh, hey, actually, you're going to be backing up tonight. Like, can you sign this contract? Like, Skinner's not ready to go, and like, obviously, we can't. We don't have time to call someone up from Bakersfield, right? Yeah. So just." you want to sit on the bench. He was like, okay, sure. Like this is going to be really sweet. Like this is going to be like, it was already kind of a cool experience. And then Mm -hmm. I guess with like about seven ish minutes to go, uh, the Oilers coach, Jay Woodcroft went up to him and was like, "Um, after like first whistle after the three minute mark, like you're going, you're going in. So like, go get ready. And he just like laughed. and was like, you're funny. Like, thanks. And he was like, no, like, I'm, I'm not joking. Like, go get your helmet and stretch. Like you're going in. And he was like, oh, oh, oh I, I do
0: I do have the quote here if you want yeah okay yeah, um, yeah so Matt had said uh, I thought they were joking but Oilers coach Jay Woodcroft uh, said that at the th- uh, at the three minute mark be ready to go and that at the first whistle after the three minute mark I was going in so I went into the back did a couple of stretches took a couple of breaths and I was in uh, my heart was pounding for the four minutes once he told me and then once I got in there and got a drink of water I was all right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so it's good yeah I And mean, you you could just tell, like he was just like ecstatic to be there. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, like it, the the shot wasn't like a great shot, like it might have been going wide or something, anyways. But like, yeah, it and still I, counts I think, same, he, I think so.
0: he said that even when he was doing his uh, uh, his like after the game uh interview with yeah. um
1: I think it was Scott Oak. Yeah, Scott Oak. it was? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's oh. he's even like watching the screen. He's like, I think that shot was going wide, but <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't
1: know the the angle they showed. I was like, I don't know, like it might have, yeah, might or not. So I don't know, but still a save regardless. Got got to feel that. So pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then also I guess this came from um from the players. Like it wasn't a coach initiated thing. It yeah, uh, so- it was initiated by I guess. Well, Jay Woodcroft said Connor. McDavid was the guy who was like, hey, we should put this guy in. And then yeah. Woodcroft went and talked to some of the other players at the TV timeout when Campbell came to the bench. was like, hey, are you okay if we do this? And yeah, they were, we were all like, yeah, in. let's do it. So it was, yeah. it was very much a player's thing, and the coach backed them on it. So it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, uh, I do have that quote as well from Woodcroft here um, yeah. saying, first of all, it came from the players. We wanted to make sure we did it in a respectful way because we have nothing but respect for the Chicago Blackhawks, their players, and their coaching staff. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we just wanted to give someone an opportunity they'll remember for the rest of their life. Uh, I was proud of our team that they came to that decision. Uh, Campbell came to our bench at the TV timeout, we told him what we were thinking and he was all on board. Uh, He was so happy for him and the opportunity presented itself. that's what we did and good on the young man for going out there and making a save and i'm sure he'll carry that memory with him for the rest of his life um i think uh as well in that post game interview uh berlin was talking about how like he and campbell have known each other actually for quite a few years mm-hmm. um and like have trained together in that kind of thing so um yeah. him and
1: him and there's, skinner there's a little actually, bit yeah uh, or
0: skinner yeah sorry not, skinner, uh, not skinner, campbell yeah. skinner
1: yeah cuz um, they're both they're both from edmonton um yeah. and then so they they would have played together on some sort of junior team i don't know which one,
0: um, uh they probably would have played against each other in the whl uh oh Maperlin, that's true yeah Berlin yeah, played for uh the spokane chiefs as well mm-hmm. as the seattle thunderbirds yeah. um and a, and a stint as well with the kootenai ice there um yeah. over a few seasons but
1: mm. i thought he did say he played with him but it, yeah i don't know it was probably like one of those old like minor hockey like yeah played together when you were 15 and like bantam or whatever yeah exactly it, but, um and then the the shot that he stopped off of Caleb Jones as well. Um, he's, he actually had played against Jones in the WHL because Jones yeah, played in yeah. Portland. <laughs> I think it was Portland is where Jones is from. I did look it up. but
0: I think so. Here, I got it here. Yeah, sure.
1: So uh, one of the few American WHL teams, so it's uh, definitely in that area as well.
0: Uh, yeah, Jones played for the Portland Winterhawks. Yeah.
1: Okay. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but then oh, also played little for little the there, for but. a little bit. So,
1: oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I forgot about that too. I shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> so you're right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Overall, just a very cool situation. Again, something they didn't have to do, but um, yeah. just a uh, yeah, just just a very. This week we got a very feel good, a big energy <laughs> move.
0: Yeah, and uh, I had one. No, I don't have it. What else you got? <laughs> I
1: don't it's know. Always I in threes.
0: It's always in threes. It is um, good on Connor McDavid for because I know there's been questions about his like actual captaincy leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, so suggesting to throw in a college student into an NHL game is
1: a big energy move
0: and one that worked out well. Yeah. Um, and uh, how about this? If Berlin probably, uh, never plays another second of NHL hockey. He ends his NHL career with a 100 save percentage.
1: A big energy move.
0: To a T. Yeah. <laughs> um, There was one thing, because I remember there was kind of questions last night of how were the Oilers allowed to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, yeah, you're right. It's because he was signed for an amateur tryout and not as an... E- he wasn't the e-bug for that game. He was <laughs> the actual backup for the game, yeah. um, which is why they were able to do it. If it was an e-bug situation, they wouldn't have been allowed to do that, yeah. uh, which, funny enough, Chicago uh, did try to do that a few years ago. Um, and uh, I, think oh, was, that's right. I think it was Chicago versus Philly, if I'm remembering this uh, correctly. Um, and it was something that they had as an e-bug before like, sitting on the bench with them. And uh they tried to get him into like the last couple of minutes of a game. Um yeah,
1: because the one goalie went down, so the backup went in, but because but the backup didn't get injured. Like the yeah the, the first backup.
0: Yeah. So for an e yeah. bug to go in, both goaltenders have to be injured and not able to continue playing. So Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know the Blackhawks had tried to do that. Um they are kind of like the rest were like, No, he 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 can't and um
1: the goalie was like, oh, my arm. Oh. Yeah.
0: That was, I think that was one time where both teams were like, come on, can we bend the rule here a little bit? And yeah. uh, I think it was in Philadelphia. If I'm, if, again, if I'm remembering this correctly, even. Uh, so even Flyers fans are booing for yeah. not having somebody else go in net. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see what that guy's name was, everything like that.
1: Yeah, to find yeah. Out. I remember the story, but I don't remember uh, anything else about it.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll have to find. Uh, it was it was a YouTube thing uh, clip that I'd seen of like the two or three times that this guy had uh, been a part of it. So, oh, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll take a look at it. Yeah, if you
1: if you find it, it then I guess you can throw it up on our Twitter at yeah. Quack Report Pod. So that if you too. guys do want to find that, and you're not following us on Twitter already, make sure you do that. Um, you can also do that. Uh, Follow us, that is, on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch at Quack Report Pod. And Nate, if uh, people want to say, How dare you not defend Trevor Ziegler, our Lord and Savior, the saint of the Anaheim Ducks, um, where, where can they uh, rip your part there?
0: Uh, first of all, you can shove those thoughts up your ass. Second of all, if you really still <laughs> feel the need to tweet at me for not taking, for for sitting on the fence, we'll call it that. Uh, yeah. you, if, you, if you really feel the need to, um, I guess you can do it at uh Tate Namas on Twitter, T A T E N H O M A S. And uh I'll just continue to wait for something definitive,
1: I guess. Which I don't think any of our fans would do that because yeah, some good listeners. But if we have just
0: anybody else who wants to, because it's of course like outside of Anaheim majorly that's blowing this up uh to the to the way that it is. So
1: yeah, exactly. Um and you know for me, sitting on the fence too, at Carter underscore pots, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97. You can tweet at me all you want. I probably won't look at it for a week, and then I'll just be like, oh, well, it was a week ago, so whatever. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I can tell you that from experience. That's, that's yeah. exactly what Carter does to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, obviously Ducks on their bye week, so it won't have a game for basically a full week. Uh, next episode, we'll, we'll find some duck stuff to talk about and a little bit of Unplucked maybe. Um, next Monday, we'll probably have the All-Star yeah. game to talk about a little bit. So it, it we'll fill some time. We'll still have episodes. That they just uh, won't be about... Games specifically, so yeah, yeah. should I
0: should I I put it out there that we're going to talk some some new Fallout Boy on Wednesday?
1: Well, it's already out there, so there you go, new Fallout Boy Wednesday for a live episode. Uh, We'll see you guys then, and go Dex go! I guess later, go Pacific.